This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. In an uncertain world, there is always music which can be listened to in good company. Welcome to Friday 15, the show where we speak to friends and interesting people to the backdrop of great tunes and allocate 15 minutes to both. Today we speak to Roger Griffiths, the team principal at Andretti Formula E, about the new formula that is Formula E. is a Swedish songwriter. Howling Around My Happy Home was released in 2013.
Roger. Surely fast cars are all about noise, the smell of the petrol. Paul Marie's got it all wrong. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, Paul Marie's got it all wrong if you like the history of motorsport. But, you know, as exciting as it is to look back at the glory days of, you know, V12 engines and thousand horsepower turbo engines and all the rest of it, we also have to look forward to the future. And the future is electric cars. We're always reluctant or hesitant about change. Formula E has made the commitment to embrace the change in where the major OEMs are going with their, their future production cars. And they've decided that racing must play a, a huge part in that, and, and hence the series. But probably what people keep forgetting is it's only been going for two and a half seasons. And yet the, the, the dramatic impact it's had on the racing world is considerable and the manufacturers are taking notice. All right, so with looking to the future, in the world of regular road cars, driverless cars, electric driverless cars are all the rage. Why do you even have drivers? Why don't we dispense with them? Well, I mean, there is that project out there called Robo Race, but motorsport is about the human interaction. And without the human being in the car, I think we lose a lot of the emotion from the championship. It's about you know, one human being against another, regardless of the technology that's around them or that they're sitting in. Formula E actually has a, a big focus on the drive. If you delve into the technical details, things like real-time telemetry really is prohibited. So the communication between the driver and the race team or his engineer during the course of a race event is limited only to the radio. We're really reliant on the driver to figure out how to drive that car. Things like traction control and ABS brakes are prohibited in Formula E. So the driver plays a key role. All right. So you talked about the history of, uh, of motorsport and you said that if you're concerned about the history, well then Formula E does seem somewhat of a, an aberration. But your team, Andretti Motorsport, is um, steeped in motor motorsport history, isn't it? Could you tell the listener a little bit about maybe Mario and Michael and their place within the wide sure. sport? The legacy of the team started with Mario, obviously, and he Formula One world champion, Michael, his son, one of the most successful American drivers of all time. He has a son, Marco, who's race-winning driver in IndyCar. But really, the legacy of the team has come from Michael. When he transitioned from being a driver to a team owner in 2003 as part of the Andretti Green Racing Organization, you know, that was his first steps into team ownership. And a few years ago, Michael took sole control of the team and it went from Andretti Green Racing to Andretti Autosport. And that's really what the team is today. Competes in multiple racing championships. We have our IndyCar team, which just a couple of weeks ago won the Indy 500 Takuma Sato, highly successful in global rallycross. At the end of the day, it's still run by Michael. He's there every single day in the office. He has great interest in all of the program. The passion that he has trickles down through the organization and, and it's very much a family and everybody's extremely proud to wear the Andretti shield on their shirt. And how did you fall into this this industry? Because <laughs> it isn't the same as going into accounting, is it? You're, you're kind of sure. up and around the world. Uh, if, you, if you're not in London one minute or up in Donington where you are at the moment, you're back in California or in some street race somewhere. So how does somebody come to manage a Formula E team? 
<laughs> I mean, I think it starts with a, a passion for cars. I, I've been fortunate to have a number of successful career breaks. I mean, I, I've been living out in the States now since 2003. You know, I wasn't always an electric racing guy. And I have to admit, when uh, I first joined the Andretti organization in 2014, coming from the position of technical director at, at Honda Performance Development, and, and Michael asked me to look at Formula E, I, I was somewhat skeptical about it. Why? I was electric racing. <laughs> I was like, electric racing cars, really? Aren't they slow? Don't they go very far? Do they make no noise? Isn't this a big golf cart? I mean, all of the things that I read in the press daily. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what made you realise that, no, this thing, electric racing cars were a serious option? I've been involved with the project from day one, really. I mean, from when the cars first showed up here in Donington. And, and what I realised was that we have to look beyond the physical product in front of us. The, the Spark car at the time was a fairly basic racing car. I mean, we all had a spec battery or we all had a spec powertrain. But I understood as I got to know the people involved, particularly the FIA and the Formula E organization headed up by Alejandro Agag, was that, you know, these were guys that were trying to do something different. They actually had a vision. They had a plan. They had a roadmap for the technology. You know, I started to see who else involved, people that have put their name to this. You know, you've got Alan Prost involved with the EDAMS, and obviously Michael with the, the Andretti team. You, you had partners like DHL and Michelin. At the launch of the car at the, uh, the round table in Camden, we had Sir Frank Williams as a guest. Yeah. So, you know, we, we had these players in the industry that had huge reputations, that had been in motor racing for a long, long time, had seen many different trends come and go. But what I, I realized was that Formula E was more than just a short-term project. It has a plan, it has visions. But what I saw with Formula E was actually, I I feel like there is some relevance here. I I can actually talk to people about this trickle-down effect of technology from racing into the road cars. I could see that there was a path forward for future development in the, the Formula E package. Actually, for me, it was something that got me excited again about going motor racing. If I'm Liberty Media, who now runs Formula One, should I be worried about this new Rebel Formula? (laughs) Well, Liberty Global actually owns Formula E as well. Oh, so uh, So much research. (laughs) John Malone, uh, who owns Liberty Media and Liberty Global, you know, he's he's kind of bet on both horses, if you like. I, I think the two can coexist. We've made some subtle inroads into coexisting in that we both race at the Mexico Grand Prix track. We race at Monaco every other year, so there's some subtle alignment going on. You know, I I don't think we're a threat to each other right now, but we're obviously aware of what each other is doing, and, you know, we need to find a way to successfully coexist. There are many different formulae. If you look at whether it's global motorsport, whether it's European motorsport or North American motorsport, there must be one formula which is kind of slightly quaking in its boots because the one thing about Formula E does appear to be kind of quite sexy right? all these city street tracks uh, whether it's London or as you said Monaco wherever so there is a certain amount of glamour to all, all the locations come on tell me which is that formula which is kind of worried about what you guys are doing I think probably and you know I don't want to make Formula E sound too big for its boots but I think this championship is probably under greatest threat from Formula E is the World Endurance Championship 
very different concepts and you know interesting because it's Le Mans this weekend but you know as we look at the major OEMs that are active in World Endurance Championship we've already had probably the biggest one pull out and focused all its efforts on Formula E I mean just yesterday there was suddenly a whole lot of noise about what's the future of Porsche you know we know that they've been having meetings with Formula E so I think probably that the WEC Championship at the very highest level is probably the one that's most threatened by by Formula E. All right, so eventually I can get there by making a tenuous link to say, if you guys are the Rebel Formula, tell us the reason why you've chosen Rebel Rebel by David Bowie as your piece <laughs> of music. That's what I've been going for the last three minutes. <laughs> so Rebel Rebel, I mean, you know, I'm a little bit old and, and, and perhaps some of your listeners, but Barry was somebody that oh, I no, grew you, up you're listening slap to. Slap bang in the demographics, so okay, don't worry perfect. about that. Right. Well, Barry was somebody that I grew up listening to. I've always been a little bit rebellious in, in the way I've approached things. And I feel that Formula E is that, that rebel as well. It's not somebody that's prepared to stand around and do things, um, you know, the conventional way. We've got a pretty conventional leader of Formula E organization in Alejandro. He likes to sort of stir things up a little bit. So I, for me, this was a great song and it's a, it's a great piece of music as well. Got your mother in the world not sure if you're a boy or a girl Hey baby, your hair's alright Hey baby, stay out tonight You like me and you like it all You love dancing and you look divine You love bands when they play it hard You want more and you want it fast Put you down, you say I'm wrong very synonymous with driving for a lot of people i don't suppose your drivers can just like connect up their their mp3 or, or their iphone whilst they're uh, careering around the streets of singapore or something but when you're driving home from from the factory um what do you have on in the car 
<laughs> I have a quite a variety of music. Been a big fan of EDM, even though I'm in my 40s, I still listen to a lot of that dance music, and that's what I was a fan of when I was at university. Um, Tell me about a song which blew your skirt up metaphorically when you're at university. Been a huge fan of Faithless. Okay. God is a DJ and South May were are, are some right. fantastic uh, pieces of music and I was actually in the gym last night with the headphones on. It's very motivational listening to that when you you know you're on the treadmill and you're trying to go that little extra few hundred meters or another mile or whatever. I would have thought when you're at some track and um, you're preparing for qualifying the next day, the fact that some of your mechanics have got a bit of insomnia is pretty good because they work all night. <laughs> exactly. I, you know, we ironically, I mean, one of our sponsors, MS Amlin, um, they they create a, a, a playlist for each of the venues that we go to. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, in Berlin, the music was all German bands, and it's actually oh out there on. Yeah, I mean, you know, well, then again, nothing it, like nothing like a bit of Rammstein to get you going. You know? <laughs> the economics of motor racing have always kind of stumped me. <laughs> and uh, stumped motive, most of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, is it a case of similar to Formula One, where you get um, a certain percentage of your budget is, you know, for being in the series, you know, from the series owner? No, <laughs> we get nothing. Oh wow! So, so we it's... get prize, we get prize money. Uh huh. Um, but you're not going to run a team on the prize money. Uh, no, I mean, there, maybe there's a time in the future when, uh, in, in Formula E, for, for instance, that we will get a percentage of the uh, TV rights. But today, no, it's all money that we pay out to the championship rather than the championship paying us money back. So it's, it's the sponsors then? Yes, yeah. I mean, uh, if you look around Formula E, I mean, there's, there's teams like ours which have genuine sponsors on them you know whether it's ms amlin or harman Kardon or te you know we have real sponsors and they contribute to our budget in in season one we didn't have sponsors um and it really came out of the profits that the team made on the indycar side to be honest that really funded it and i think a number of the teams are still run by wealthy individuals you know the venturi team obviously is run by a wealthy guy i mean the, the next ev guys are getting their money from uh, the chinese company that owns them mm-hmm. uh, there, there's not so many major sponsors at the moment in in formula e i mean i'm looking around the park i mean the formula e park here in donnington every single one of the teams is here and as i look at them you know yes there are smaller sponsors on the cars so it's either the the oems that are aligned with the teams you know whether it's like ds citroen that are aligned with virgin or Audi and Apt that are together that get the money or the money comes from individual investors. Starting to wrap up, um, what are the prospects for Andretti Autosports this year in the championship? It's been a bit of a tough year for us. It's the first year that we've been racing our own powertrain. So that's come with a few of its own little teething problems. But the car has been competitive. I mean, we finished fifth and sixth in Hong Kong after uh, having to rebuild a new car in just about three hours after a crash in qualifying we've we've had several top 10 finishes i mean we'd love to be on the podium but you know the big news for andretti is our our partnership with bmw we're not at liberty to talk exactly what that is 
in the future, but let's just say it's going to be quite exciting for us. So even though Formula E is quite young, we're the oldest Formula E team now. So, so yeah, are, you, are you the Ferrari then of Formula E? Is that what you're <laughs> telling me? Uh, well, maybe not yet. And probably with our, our German links, I probably shouldn't be talking about Italian teams. We, let's say we could be them, one of the auto unions or something, ah. you know, something like that. Just before we definitely sign up, Roger, you're an ambitious man. The pinnacle of motorsport still is Formula One. Tell me you don't have ambitions to be sat there, whether it's in Maranello or working for Williams or, or even for McLaren one day. Tell me that is not the case, that you are wedded to Formula E until the day you die. <laughs> to the day I die, I'm not sure I can say that. But I mean, I, I have had some time in Formula One. I think when I was in Formula One, I was pretty lucky. It was in the, the late 90s, early 2000s with Minardi. It was a great oh, team to be with. My favorite team it, at the time. Yeah, it was a great team to be with. I mean, I had the pleasure of working with Alonso for his first year in Formula One, with Marc Genet, with Luca Badoa. I was there at the European Grand Prix when Minardi scored its first point in I don't know how many years. And everybody was in tears. We were just so happy. I loved the passion of the team. I loved the fact that we probably had the best catering in Formula One. <laughs> uh, so it was a good time to be there. And uh, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I did Formula One, but I'm happy that I'm, I'm not in Formula One today. Roger Griffiths, thank you for coming on to Friday 15. Thank you very much as well. Pleasure to talk to you. Cool. There you go. We've done it. That was, that was fantastic. Thanks. Deep in the bosom of the gentle night is when I search for the light. Pick up my pen and start to write. I struggle to fight dark forces in the clear moonlight without fear. Insomnia. I can't get sleep. Insomnia was recorded by British dance group Faithless. Released as the band's second single, it became one of the most successful. It was released in 1995 and is consistently cited as one of the greatest dance music records of all time. I used to worry, thought I was going mad in a hurry, getting stressed, making excess mess in darkness. No electricity, something's all over me, greasy Insomnia, please release me and let me dream of making mad love to my girl on the heath Tearing off tights with my teeth, but there's no release, no peace I toss and turn without cease, like a curse, open my eyes and rise like yeast At least a couple of weeks since I last slept, kept taking sleepers but now I keep myself pet deeper still The night I write by candlelight I find in sight fundamental movement So when it's black, this insomniac Take an original tack Keep the beast in my nature under ceaseless attack I get no sleep I can't get no sleep
Everybody sing, everybody dance. Lose yourself in wild romance. We're All Night Long was a hit single by American singer-songwriter Lionel Richie from 1983. Taken from his second studio album, Can't Slow Down, it combined Richie's soulful Commodore style with Caribbean influences. This is a rather graceful reflex mix. All night long, all night, all night long, all night, all night long, all night, all night long. People dancing all in the street, see the rhythm all in their feet. Life is good. Wild and sweet Let the music play on, play on Feel it in your heart and feel it in your soul Let the music take control We're going to party, climbing, fiesta, forever Come on and sing along We're going to party, climbing, fiesta, forever Come on and sing my song all night long. Oh, all night long. Yes, all night long. Yeah, all night long. Yeah. Once you get started, you can't sit down. hope you enjoyed this week's show don't forget you can follow the show's progress on facebook by simply typing in friday 15 you can also find us on twitter where you can follow me where i'm at royfield spelled r-o-i-f-i-e-l-d now every thursday you can jump onto twitter and tweet me and nominate a song for me to put into this week's friday 15 iTunes reviews, folks, are extremely important. They're the lifeblood of any podcast. Please go onto iTunes and write us a, a glowing review. And don't forget, finally, you can email me from Royfield, spelled R-O-I-F-I-E-L-D, at gmail.com. See you all again in seven days' time for more good music and great conversation.